Before we get to this episode, just to say thanks to everyone who's bought my new book, Champion Thinking, How to Find Success Without Losing Yourself. Published by Bloomsbury, the response has been terrific. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's been top 20 in the airport charts consistently, and the reviews have been terrific right across the board. And if you like this episode that you're about to hear on Flow, you'll be sure to enjoy Champion Thinking. Head to my website, simonmundy.com or Amazon, Waterstone, Smiths, places like that to get your copy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to this bite-sized episode of the Life Lessons podcast with me, Simon Mundy, in which I take one nugget from one of my previous conversations and have a closer look. I was with a friend recently talking about ADHD and he pulled out a book from his bag called Stolen Focus by Johan Hari and it really reminded me what a good book it is. It's all about how modern living and in particular smartphones, social media and the like are making us more distracted, more anxious and more burnt out. But Johan does pose some solutions to rediscover the joys of focus, which includes flow, which is really the key theme in my upcoming book. And just to say, after this conversation with Johan, I did go out and buy myself a phone lock case, which I still swear by, and which my phone is currently locked away in as I speak, which is a ringing endorsement, as I'm sure you'll agree. Anyway, just in case that doesn't entirely make sense, you'll hear what I'm talking about in just a moment. So here is Johan Hari. Yeah, so the, one of the ways that I came to understand this was when I went to interview a guy called Professor Earl Miller, who's at MIT. He's one of the leading neuroscientists in the world. And he said to me, there's one thing you have to understand about the human brain more than anything else. You can only think about one or two things consciously at a time. That's it. This is a fundamental limitation of the human brain. The human brain has not significantly changed for 40,000 years. Ain't going to change on any timescale you and me are going to see. You can only think about one or two things at a time. But we've fallen for a mass delusion. The average, sorry, the average teenager believes they can follow six or seven forms of media at the same time. So what scientists do is they get people into labs and they get them to think they're doing lots of things at the same time. And what they discover is in fact, you can't do that. What happens is you juggle very rapidly between those tasks. You focus, refocus, refocus, refocus. And it turns out that comes with a really big cost. The technical term for this is the switch cost effect. Basically, when you try to do more than one thing at a time, you will do all the things you're trying to do much less competently. You'll make more mistakes. You'll be less creative. You'll remember much less of what you do. 
So, and there was actually a study that, uh, there's loads of evidence for this, but there's a small study that really brought it home for me. Hewlett Packard, the printer company, um, they called in a scientist to do a little experiment. He split a group of their workers into two. And the first group was told, just do whatever your task is, get on with it, and you won't be interrupted. And the second group was told, do whatever your task is, and you'll have to answer email and phone calls, heavy amount of phone calls. And then at the end of it, both groups were tested for their IQ. The um, the group that had not been distracted scored on average 10 IQ points higher than the group that had been distracted. To give you a sense of how big that effect is, if you or me sat to get sat down together now, Simon, and smoked a fat spliff, our IQs would go down by five points. So at least in the short term, being chronically distracted is twice as bad for your IQ, which is connected, of course, to your attention, as getting stoned. You'll be better off, I stress again in the short term, because there's a longer term debate about the effect of cannabis on IQ, but in the short term, you'd be better off sitting at your desk, getting stoned, and only doing one thing at a time, than sitting at your desk, not getting stoned, and being interrupted by email and phone calls in the way so many of us are. Now, of course, you can not be interrupted and not get stoned, which is the ideal option for focus. But so one thing we have to understand is these things that you think are a really small thing are having a huge effect on your attention. Professor Michael Posner at the University of Oregon found that if you're interrupted, it takes you on average 23 minutes to get back to the level of focus you had before you were interrupted. But loads of us are never getting 23 minutes straight. Even the average Fortune 500 CEO only gets 26 minutes to himself a day. Now, what does that mean? If you open your phone and it says you had, I don't know, four hours screen time that day, that sounds bad enough. But if that those four hours were spread throughout the day, you lost way more than that in lost focus. So firstly, know how much this invasion degrades you. It would feel like such a small thing now if I reached behind my laptop where I know my phone is and I just look, glanced at my text while you were answering a question. But that takes a huge cognitive cost for me. And my questions, my answers to you would be so much less good. We're all being downgraded in this way. So at a level of, there's obviously I go through dozens of things people can do, but let's start with just one. You mentioned it, you alluded to it. You can't see the corner of the room over there. Um, I've got something called a K-safe. These people should so be playing me commission, by the way, because <laughs> you're writing in every interview. K-safe, you can get it online. Very simple. It's a plastic safe. You take the lid off. You put your phone in. Uh, you put the lid back on. You turn the dial and it will cut you off. Well, it'll lock your phone away for anything between five minutes and 24 hours. Um, on my laptop, I've got an app called Freedom. Cuts you off from either specific websites. You can name whatever the website is. or uh, from the entire internet for however long you tell it to, and you just won't be able to get online once you've done it. I use them for four hours a day. I will not sit down to watch a film with my partner if we don't both put our phones in that thing because it does my head in if we if, if we were suddenly pulled out of it. Uh, this is the technical term for this is pre-commitment. Pre-commitment is when you want to do something, you want to you you want to do something like not eat the Pringles, not check your phone. Um, Pringles are a particular issue for me. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but you know your crack, right? So pre-commitment is where you lock yourself in in the future. You don't buy the Pringles in the supermarket because you know if you put them in the cupboard and you wake up at 2 a.m., they're going to call to you. It's a way of binding your future self. Um, I interviewed Professor Molly Crockett, who's one of the experts on this at Yale. So all sorts of forms of pre-commitment are really important for locking ourselves in. And it's really hard at first, 
But as you do it, you start to get the joys of focus back. And the joys of focus are so much greater than the shitty pleasures of distraction and interruption. 100%. But when I go to the library and I write the book, after a while, it's a relief that I know that all I'm doing is this one thing. And even though the work is challenging, it's a very different feeling than the feeling of being distracted. That's so interesting the way you just put that, because it's not despite the fact that it's challenging, but in part because it's challenging that you find it easy yeah, to bring attention. Yeah, flow here, right? Yeah. Exactly. And I know this is a subject you really care about as well. So I wanted to understand this better. So I went and interviewed Professor Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. He made a breakthrough in, he coined the phrase flow states and pioneered the studying of them. And everyone listening has experienced a flow state in their life. So a flow state is when you're doing something and you really get into it and time seems to fall away and your sense of self seems to fall away and your attention just comes effortlessly. The way one rock climber put it is it's like you are the rock you're climbing when you're in flow. And different people get into flow for different things. Some people it'll be making bagels. Some people it'll be brain surgery. Some people it'll be playing the oboe. Whatever, whatever it, for me, it's writing. Whatever it might be in your life. Um, so flow is really important for the debate about attention and it really relates to what you're saying because um, flow is both the deepest form of attention humans can provide and the easiest in one sense. Yeah. It's not like when you're trying to cram, you know, for an exam or something, we're like, oh shit, I've got to memorize all this. It's a gusher of attention that is inside all of us. So the thing I wanted to ask Mahali was, and did ask him is, okay, where do we drill to get that gusher of attention? And he discovered a huge number of things about this. And I know you're going to be exploring them in, in your book, Simon. I, I, for me, I think there were three that would be really helpful to everyone listening. Three things you can do tomorrow that will maximize your chances of getting into flow. The first is you've got to just choose one goal. If you're trying to do two things, three things, four things, you'll never get into flow. You've got to be, I want to paint this canvas. I want to climb this rock. Whatever it is, you've got to only be doing one thing at a time. So you can immediately see how the environment we live in is fucking our ability to get into flow. The second thing is that goal has to be meaningful to you. When you're trying to do something that's not meaningful to you, your attention will slip and slide like you're trying to hold a greased pig. The third factor is it really helps, it maximizes your chances of getting into flow if you choose something that is just at the edge of your abilities, that's just at the edge of your comfort zone. So you want these three things, one goal, a meaningful goal, one at the edge of your comfort zone, at the edge of your abilities. That maximizes your chances of getting into flow. But we live in an environment that's undermining our ability to do that. In fact, Mahali found in the, the early 90s that one of, the, one of the experiences people have which least produces flow is looking at screens. Thank you for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Life Lessons podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, please do so via my website, simonmundy.com or at simonmundy on social media. 